What's up, everyone? Uh, I thought I'd re re uh, read. What's up, everyone? I thought I'd read out this post. Basically, it's about when the shit hit the fan, right? Because as we're all aware, right, we're all heading towards dodgy uh, waters at the moment, right? Very dodgy waters. And there's a lot of people that are saying that they're preparing, you know, they're stocking up food and stuff. But I think there's a bit more to it, you know? Because I've obviously said to everybody, you know, when the shit hit the fan, it's going to be like purge time, you know? Police and everybody are going to down to us. You know, but I've had this sent to me, you know, from um, Max, from, well, he's not in Australia now, he's in uh, Mexico. Now, this post is from a website called uh, Silver Doctors, and I'm assuming these, you know, financial news and it's our goal. But the man on there has written a post uh, back in February the 7th, 2015, and it was basically about um, surviving the collapse in Bosnia. And what happened in Bosnia, you're obviously going to find out now when I tell you. But it's very serious, and I hope that you all listen to the whole of the video. And the reason for that is because we ain't prepared. <laughs> we are not prepared. Right, it says, Many in the precious metal community are eagerly anticipating a complete systematic collapse of the financial system, because as preppers, they expect not only to survive, but to prosper in the shit hit the fan scenario. We suspect, however, the following as must read account of surviving in Bosnia war in the midst of a complete collapse of the grid and financial system will be eye opening in just how difficult it is to survive a full on Mad Max scenario, even if one have spent years preparing for it. Because as you know, a lot of you have been preparing, but after I read this, we ain't prepared. I am from Bosnia. Between 1992 and 1995, it was hell. For one year, I lived and survived in a city with 6,000 people without water, electricity, gasoline, medical help, civil defense, disruption service, any kind of traditional service or centralized rule. Money soon became worthless. We returned to an exchange for a tin of Soviet spam, uh, you could have a woman. Arms, ammunition, candles, lighters, antibiotics, gasoline, batteries, and food were fought for these things like animals. In, this situa in these situations, all changes. Men become monsters. Strength was in numbers. For a man living alone, getting killed and robbed would just be a matter of time, even if he was armed. The following is my experience. Our city was blocked by the army, and for one year, life in the city turned into total crap. We had no army, no police. We only had armed groups. Those armed protected their homes and families. When it all started, some of us were better prepared, but most of the neighbors' families had enough food for only a few days. Some had pistols, a few had AK-47s or shotguns. After a month or two, gangs started operating, destroying everything. Hospitals, for example, turned into slaughterhouses. There was no more police. About 80% of the hospital staff were gone. I got lucky. My family at the time was fairly large, 
15 in a large house, six pistols, three AKAs. And we survived, most of us at least. The Americans dropped MREs every 10 days to help blockaded cities. This was never enough. Some very few had gardens. It took three months for the first rumors to spread of men dying from hunger and cold. We removed all the doors, the windows, for the window frames from abandoned houses, ripped up floors and burnt the furniture for heat. Many died from diseases, especially from water. Two from my own family. We drank mostly rainwater, ate pigeons and even rats. Money soon became worthless. We returned to an exchange for a tin of Soviet spam. As mentioned before, you could have a woman. It is hard to speak of it, but it is true. Most of the women who sold themselves were desperate mothers. Arms, ammunition, candles, lighters, antibiotics, gasoline, batteries, and food were fought for these things like animals. In these situations, all changes. Men become monsters. It was disgusting. Strength was in numbers. A man living alone, getting killed and robbed would just be a matter of time, even if he was armed. Today, me and my family are well prepared. I am well armed. I have experience. It does not matter what will happen. An earthquake, a war, a tsunami, aliens, terrorists, economic collapse, uprising. The most important part is something will happen. Here's my experience. You can, t you can make... You can't make it on your own. Don't stay apart from your family. Prepare together. Choose reliable friends. How to move safely in a city. The city was divided into communities along streets. Our street, 15 to 20 homes, had patrols. Five men every week. Five armed men every week. To watch for gangs and for our enemies. All the exchanges occurred in the street. About five kilometers away was an entire street for trading, all well organized, but going there was too dangerous because of the snipers. You could also get robbed by bandits. I only went there twice when I needed something really rare. List of medicines, mainly antibiotics, of French origin of text. Nobody used automobiles in the cities. The streets were blocked by wreckage and by abandoned cars. Gasoline was very expensive. If one needed to go somewhere, that was done at night. Never travel alone or in groups that were too big. Always two or three men, all armed, travel swift, in shadows, cross streets through ruins, not alone, open streets. Not along open streets. There were many gangs, 10 to 15 men strong, some as large as 50 men, but there were also many normal men like you and me, fathers and grandfathers who killed and robbed. There, there was no good and bad men. Most were in the middle and ready for the worst. What about wood? Your home city is surrounded by woods. Why did you burn the doors and furniture? There were not many woods around the cities. It was very beautiful restaurants, cinemas, schools, even an airport. Every tree in the city and in the city parks were cut down for fuel within the first two months. 
Without electricity for cooking and heat, we burnt anything that burned. Furniture, doors, flooring, the wood burned swiftly. We had no suburbs or suburb farms. The enemy was in the suburbs. We were surrounded. Even in the city, you never knew who was an enemy at any given point. What knowledge was useful to you in that period? To imagine the, situ to imagine the situation a bit better, you should know it was particularly a return to the Stone Age. It was practically a return to the Stone Age. For example, a container of cooking gas. I had a container of cooking gas, but I did not use it for heat. That would be too expensive. I attached a nozzle to it and I made myself a use. I made myself and used to fill lighters. Lighters were precious. If a man bought an empty light, brought an empty lighter, I would fill it and he would give me a tin of food or a candle. I was a paramedic. In these conditions, my knowledge was my wealth. Be curious and skilled. In these conditions, the ability to fix in things is more valuable than gold. Items and supplies will inevitably run out, but your skills will keep you fed. I wish to say this, learn to fix things, shoes or people. My neighbors, for example, knew how to make kerosene for lamps. He never went hungry. If you had three months to prepare now, what would you do? Three months, run away from the country, joking. Today, I know everything can collapse really fast. I have stockpiled for, of food, hygiene items, batteries, enough to last me six months. I live in a very secure flat and own a home with a shelter in a village five kilometers away. Another six months supply there too. That's a small village. Most people there are well prepared. The war has taught them. I had four weapons and 2,000 rounds for each. I have a garden. I have learned gardening. Also, I have good instincts. You know, when everyone's around you keeps telling you it'll be fine, but I know it will all collapse. I have strength to do what I need to protect my family because when it all collapses, you must be ready to do bad things, to keep your children alive and to protect your family. Surviving on your own is practically impossible. Even if you are armed and ready, if you are alone, you will die. I have seen this happen many times. Families and groups well prepared with skills and knowledge in various fields, that is much better. What should you stockpile? That depends. If you plan to live by theft, all you need is a weapon and ammo, lots of ammo. If not, more food, hygiene items, batteries, accumulators, little trading items, knives, lighters, flints, soaps, also alcohol of any type that keeps well. The cheapest whiskey is a good trading item. Many people died from insufficient hygiene. You'll need simple items in great amounts. For example, gar garbage bags, lots of them, and toilet paper, non-renewable dishes and cups. You'll need lots of them. I know this because, when, because we didn't have any of it, any at all. 
As for me, a supply of hygiene items is perhaps more important than food. You can shoot a pigeon, you can plan, you can find a plan to eat. You can find or shoot any, you can't find or shoot any disinfectant. Disinfectant, detergents, bleach, soap, gloves, masks. First aid skills, washing wounds and burns. Perhaps you'll find a doctor and will not be able to pay him. So you obviously you would trade. Learn to use antibiotics. It's good to have a stockpile of them. You should choose the simplest weapons. I carry a Glock 45. I like it. But it's a rare gun here. I have two TT pistols. Um, everyone has them. And ammo is common. I don't have... I don't like... Kalashavakosh, I think. But again, same story. Everyone has them. So do I. You must own small, unnoticeable items. For example, a generator is good, but 1,000 big lighters are better. A generator will attract attention if there's any trouble, but 1,000 lighters are compact, cheap, and can always be traded. We usually collected rainwater in four large barrels, and then we boiled it. There was a small river, but the water in it became very dirty, very fast. It is also important to have containers for water, barrels and buckets. Were gold and silver useful? Yes, I personally traded all the gold coins in the house for ammunition. Sometimes we got our hands on money, dollars, Dutch marks. We bought some things for them. But this was rare and prices were astronomical. For example, a can of beans could cost 30 to $40. The local money quickly became worthless. Everything we needed, we traded for bar through barter. Was salt expensive? Yes, but coffee and cigarettes were even more expensive. I had lots of alcohol and traded it without problems. Alcohol consumption grew over 10 times as compared to peacetime. Perhaps today it's more useful to keep a stockpile of cigarettes, lighters and batteries. They take up less space. At this time, I was not a survivalist. We had no time to prepare. Several days before the shit hit the fan. The politicians kept repeating over the TV that everything was go going according to plan. There was no reason to be concerned. When the sky fell in our heads, we took what we could. Was it difficult to purchase firearms? Where did you trade for firearms and ammunition? After the war, we had guns in every house. The police confiscated lots of the guns at the beginning of the war, but most of them we hid. Now I have one legal gun and I have a, lic I have a license for under the law. It, that's called a temporary collection. If there's unrest, the government will seize all registers guns. Never forget that. You know, there are many people who have one legal gun, but also illegal guns, if that one gets seized. If you have good trade goods, you might be able to get guns in a tough situation. But remember, the most difficult time is the first days. And perhaps you won't have enough time to find a weapon to protect your family.
I've lost my spot. Bear with me, I've lost my spot. Right, under the law, it's called a temporary collection. If there is unrest, the government will seize all registered guns. Never forget that. You know, there are many people who have legal guns, but also illegal guns. If that won't get seized. If you have a good trade, if you have good trade goods, you might be able to get guns in a tough situation. But remember, the most difficult time is the first days, and perhaps you won't have enough time to find a weapon to protect your family. To be disarmed in a time of chaos and panic is a bad idea. In my case, there was a man who needed a car battery for his radio. He had shotguns. I traded the accumulator for both of them. Sometimes I traded ammunition for food and a few weeks later traded food for ammunition. Never did the trade at home, never in great amounts. Few people knew how much and what I kept at home. The most important thing is to keep as many things as possible in terms of space and money. Eventually, you'll understand what is more valuable. Correction, I always value weapons and ammunition the most. Second, maybe gas masks and, a filter, and filters. What about security? Our defense were very primitive. Again, we weren't ready and we used what we could. The windows were shattered and the roofs in horrible states after the bombings. The windows were blocked, some with sandbags and others with rocks. I blocked the fence gate with wreckage and, gar with wreckage and garbage and I used a ladder to get across the wall when I came home. I asked someone inside to pass over the ladder. We had a fellow, fellow on our street that completely barricaded himself in his house. He broke a hole in the wall, creating a passage for himself into the ruins of a neighbor's house, a sort of secret entrance. Maybe this would seem strange, but the most protected houses were looted and destroyed the first. In my area of the city, there were beautiful houses with walls, dogs, alarms, and bad windows. People attacked them first. Some held out, others didn't. It all depends how many hands and guns they had inside. I think defense is important. It must be carried out unobtrusively. If you are in a city and the shit hit the fan comes, you'll need a simple non-flashy place with lots of guns and ammo. How much ammo? As much as possible. Make your house as unattractive as you can. Right now, I own a steel door, but that's just against the few waves of chaos. After that passes, I will leave the city and rejoin a larger group of people, my friends and family. 
There were some situations during the war. There's no need for details, but we always had superior firepower and a brick wall on our side. We also consistently kept someone watching the streets. Quality organization is paramount in cases of gang attacks. Shooting was constantly heard in the city. Our primitive, our perimeter was, def was defended primitively. All, ex all the exits were barricaded and had firing slits. Inside, we had less, at least five family members ready for battle at any, any time, and one man in the street, hidden in a shelter. We stayed home through the day to avoid sniper fire. At first, the weak perished, then the rest fight. During the day, the streets were practically empty due to the sniper fire. Defences were orientated towards short-range combat alone. Many died if they went out to gather information, for example. It's important to remember we had no information, no radio, no TV, only rumours and nothing else. There was no organised army, every man fought. We had no choice. Everybody was armed, ready to defend themselves. You should not wear quality items in the street. Someone will murder you and take them. Don't even carry a pretty long arm. It will attract attention. Let me tell you something. If shit hits the fan starts tomorrow, I, I'll be humble. I'll look like everyone else, desperate, fearful. Maybe I'll even shout and cry a little. Pretty clothing is excluded altogether. I will not go out in my new tactical outfit to shout, I have come. You're doomed, bad guys. No, I'll stay aside, well-armed, well-prepared, waiting and evaluating my possibilities with my best friend or brother. Super defences, super guns are meaninglessly, are meaningless. If people think they should steal your things, that you're profitable, they will. It's only a question of time and the amount of guns and hands. How was the situation with toilets? We use shovels and a patch of earth near the house. Does it seem dirty? It was. We washed with rainwater or in the river, but most of the time the latter was too dangerous. We had no toilet paper and even if we had any, I would have traded it anyway. It was a dirty business. Let me give you a piece of advice. You need guns, ammo first, and second, everything else. Literally everything. All depends on the space and money you have. If you've forgotten something, there will always be something to trade with for it. But if you, forgotten, if you forget weapons and ammo, there will be no access to trading for you. I don't think big families are extra mouths. Big families, both more guns and strength. And from there, everyone prepares on his own. How did people treat the sick and the injured? Most injured were from gunfire. Without a specialist and without equipment, if an injured man found a doctor somewhere, he had about a 30% chance of survival. It ain't the movie. People died. Many died from infections 
and superficial wounds. I had antibiotics for three to four uses, for my family, of course. People died foolishly quite often. Simple diarrhea will kill you in a few days without medicine, with limited amounts of water. There were many skin diseases and food poisoning. Nothing to it. Many used local plants and pure alcohol, enough for short term, but unless in long term, but useless in the long term. Hygiene is very important, as well as having as much medicine as possible, especially antibiotics. Sorry, I'm getting a bit upset, man. So I just thought it would be important to um, put that video out there. And um, the website is um, Silver Doctors. You can go on there and read it yourself. It's um, www.silverdoctors.com. I'm out.